0: Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. In recent weeks, we've been talking about encounter and encountering the Holy Spirit uh, just week after week after week. And by the way, um, Brenda and I were in Pennsylvania last week. We uh, did a marriage workshop for leadership in the church, about 20 couples in their leadership and then spoke in two services on sunday and it was great getting to be there but i'm i'm thankful and i i, I want to shout a hallelujah that you got to hear from the lips of pastor matt what's going on in our youth because listen to me um and the teaching that's going on during the month of february on understanding biblical sexuality and what it means because if we remain silent please hear here's the problem that that, that sort of uh, is the preamble for that half of the students that come on wednesday night their parents don't come to church and half of those when you talk to them they're not serving god actively and many of them not at all they came these students come here because they have a relationship with somebody and what mattered to to, the, to their friend now matters to them so they come with them and they find a real live and vibrant faith in christ You see, they don't go home and have their parents talk to them about how to live out a biblical uh, morality or a biblical faith in the face of culture. No one says those words to them. So they're informed by everything from social media in these days uh, to friends' opinions, and the church has to be in that place to be that voice. Because some have said, well, you know, that's a conversation parents should have. That's great. But here's the other half. You know, the other half of those kids who are sitting here, whose parents are believers and who do come to church, you talk to those kids if their parents have tried to talk with them about biblical sexuality, and the answer is no. So we're not going to sit silent and hope they figure it out. Good luck with that. So those are some of the awkward conversations. But we have awkward conversations about a lot of things in here on Sunday morning, and living in a world where sin presses in and encroaches and wants to inform us of our sense of worth. But we're a generation and a people of grace who have the power to push back against the whispers, the hisses of the serpent that started in the garden and still whispers today and it whispers lies. I love this song. that says, I'm going to press through till every lie crumbles. Uh, I'm going to dance in the midst of the rain. I'm going to keep worshiping until I drown out. Uh, You know, we need to write some substitution. I'm going to keep praying in the face of the serpent until I drowned out the sound of his voice. I'm going to dance in the presence of my father. I'm going to make noise. I'm going to make noise. I'm going to praise God. We're going to write some substitution words because see, only praise does that. There's only one response. You know that if you read, none of this is in today's sermons, either of the two I have here. <laughs> Uh, I think I said this to you a few weeks ago, but I keep rereading it. I live in the first three chapters of Genesis because I believe it's the lens through which you can understand the whole of Scripture, so much of it. And in the opening chapter of Genesis 3, when the serpent slithers in and begins to encroach on a conversation, I believe the woman was abundantly aware that that wasn't a conversation we should have. And I can use everything from uh, from when you're walking in Walmart, there are people out there trying to get you interested in something. I've never figured out what, because I don't stop to talk to them. I just know it's not a conversation I want to have, but there are some people that feel obliged to entertain every conversation that comes up. My mother will answer the phone for every caller that calls to share anything and she'll listen to the whole thing. I just want to remind her, Mom, you need to treat that sort of like Eve should have treated the whisper of the serpent in the garden and say, I'm not talking to you. There are just some conversations we don't need to entertain. And beloved, today, when the hiss and whisper of that serpent rises up in, the, in your mind, you need to go straight to the throne of God in an act of worship and say what, listen, and say what Eve should have said. Come with me. Let's talk to God about that because I guarantee you that whisper doesn't want to make its way into the presence of God. I guarantee you the moment that you say, listen, just come with me for a minute. I'm going to worship God. He'll be right here because he's enthroned on my praises. I'm going to sing my way out of the valley and then lean over to that whispering and say, why don't you go ahead and ask him that question? If he really means what he said about me, because the devil does not want to have a conversation with our father. He wants to cut us out, get our attention, and if he can get us listening and stop us from worshiping. Some of you need to get that. We spend all week long entertaining the echoes and rehearsing them. When we can look it in the face and say, I, I, you, know, you know what, if you want to have this conversation, let's have it with the Father. I guarantee it closes the mouth every time. Every time. Because I like what Jesus said when the disciples came back and said, hey, we cast out demons It was great. Jesus said, that's nothing. I was in heaven right by the throne when Satan was cast down from heaven like lightning. A flash of light. I love that descriptor, don't you? I believe that the adversary, if you read the other uh, supplemental passages, made his way before the throne of God and said, I will ascend the hill of the Most High. Listen, this really happened. One day, I'm telling you, before I die, I'm going to have an animator where I can animate these things for you. Where Lucifer in the heavenlies, that archangel, made his way to the throne of God, said, I will send the hill of the Most High. I will become like you. And he essentially looked at the Father and says, Your glory isn't enough to fill the emptiness that I have here. This is Bible and theology that has to do uh, with a Greek, great Greek term called vainglory, kinodoxia. But did you know did you know that God has the capacity to fill any need, any emptiness? Did you know that? and he fills it with his glory, his opinion, his glory. I want you to get that. Now, when glory manifests, it's a radiant expression. It just shines in your life and heart. So here's the deal. God is an on-demand source. I want you to get this because there's really good theology. I I have a little, I don't know how many ounces of water this is, but I'm going to have a drink of it while I got it here. I don't know. It's uh, eight ounces or so. And if I come with an eight ounce vessel of emptiness in my soul and say, Father, I got a place in my heart right here that's empty, I come before the throne of God, he is going to discharge the necessary amount of glory to fill that capacity. Isn't that wonderful? Go ahead and say amen. It is true. This is good Bible, I'm telling you here. I I don't have time to chase it down with you, but it's there. Some of you have sat through it while I have, and I've had a number of sizes of containers. What do you do when allegedly the being with the biggest black hole of emptiness steps up to the father no one has placed the demand on the throne of god that the adversary has no one has the massive emptiness that the adversary has that can't be filled and he steps up and he says i want you to know that that, that what I have, I have my own glory, and that the capacity of this, I don't need you. It doesn't have the ability to be filled by glory. See, God responds to the demand you place on him. If you bring an eight-ounce container of need, he'll fill that Some of you here today say, you don't understand. I have a a 50-gallon point of brokenness and emptiness. Let me tell you, God is equally sufficient because he is the I am. You can't diminish him. You can't make him less. He is an endless source of love, of knowledge, of power, of presence, of grace. You can't make him less. And whatever demand you place on him with any container, he says, I can fill it. Is that not good news? You can't diminish God. But what happens when that adversary stepped up into the presence of God and essentially says, my capacity is so large, you don't have the ability to fill it. Well, all God does, he didn't flex a muscle or do a Rambo or Terminator thing. All he did was respond to the demand that had been placed on him. That's my belief. And the adversary came with this massive amount of emptiness, and God simply discharged enough glory to fill it. Now, Jesus describes that looked like a flash of lightning to me. Ask the angels. They'll tell you. It was a massive lightning strike of glory. Watch this. That literally blew the hell right out of heaven. Think that through. I didn't use a bad word. I told you what happened theologically. Now, see, there's your takeaway. Somebody will tweet that. What happened with, with the adversary. But my point being, there's nothing you can bring to God that he can't fill amen you 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 say amen see amen means so be it amen is an act of worship between us and heaven that says i want that so you can say that so here's the good news there is no need that you can bring to god that he does not have the capacity to fill there we go more of this side here has more containers than that side it would appear okay Okay, so here's what happened in the pre-service thing, talking about, today I wanted to leap off the back of the importance of encountering the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Because see, when we talk about encountering the Holy Spirit, we often think of those subjective um, encounters here in this building as we sing, and we have some sensory uh, perception and understanding of that encounter, and that is very much legitimate. But I want you to understand that in John 16, and Amanda, I didn't send you anything, but um, let me just share these verses of Scripture with you uh, real quickly. And listen to this. Um, In John uh, 16, 13, it says, But when He, this was Jesus talking, the letters in your Bible are read, John 16, 13, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. I got a brand new message to teach on that uh, from several weeks ago about the advocate. and You hang on, it's coming. Uh, how, is there an act that can shut the voice of mercy on our behalf? And there is, okay? But when he, the Holy Spirit, watch it, the Spirit of truth. Everybody say the Spirit of truth. <laughs> In John 14:17, it says... Uh, that is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive until uh, I, I, he goes to the Father. All right, and then 15, John 15:26. 15, watch this. It says, When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth. Everybody say, Spirit of truth. The word truth means unhiddenness, and unhiddenness means God is not interested in unhiding you. That will be the result. You will step out of the places that you hide. Do we understand that the places that we hide become embattled places? When I say embattled, I'm using a word from 2 Corinthians 10, that every thought raised up against God is this embattled place. Please hear me, beloved. There are people sitting in this room that have built an embattlement that resists God. And here's the thing, you're fearful. You're fearful of what would happen if you would step out of that hiding place. But it's a place, watch this, that we resist the force of God's redemption. We choose that. Truth, unhiddenness, we step out from where we're hiding. Why? Because God first unhides Himself. Every action of the Holy Spirit is to present the presence of God right there in front of you, totally unhidden. I love that. God is still asking of you every day the first words that He wanted to never have to speak from His lips when He came into the garden on the day that Adam and Eve listened to the serpent and they hid. He said words He never wanted to have to say to humanity. He created humanity in open communion with him nothing separating it but on this day he would have to say words that he had never said before that day when he would come and walk with them in the cool of the day or at spirit time day after day and the words were this where are you those words were never intended to be asked because it was never intended that mankind would ever hide from the Father. But can I tell you, those words of grace and redemption still ring from the throne of God, and they're shouting at you today every time you pull back at any point of brokenness or fear, and there's a Father not saying, I've come to beat you up, but a Father that's stepping there out of hiding, the Spirit of truth, and He says, where are you? I'm right here. He doesn't make Himself hard to find. Say amen to that. John 17, 17, He says this, Jesus is praying, Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Watch this. So we know that the word of God is truth. I had my Bible. It's a, uh, and Pastor Matt, you're closer, Drew, on my desk back there. And I know you got a pocket knife. If it's locked. It's easy to break in. Um, I'm on my, I need my Bible off my desk. Thank you, my paper Bible, okay? Uh, the word of God is the word of truth. What does that mean? With the word of truth and the spirit of truth always work in tandem. What do you mean, Pastor? There will never be a moment. For instance, for instance, standing here in worship as you encounter the spirit of truth, that He will not draw you to encounter Him in the word of God, in the word of truth. And here's the other side of that. You will never have a moment reading when that word is quickened to you. Those moments. Anybody ever been doing that in your morning devotion? You're going through, i got to read this chapter that day or this set, these number of chapters. And all of a sudden you hit a verse. And please, I'm about to give you some good instruction here I haven't done in several years. You hit a verse that just comes to life to you and you go, oh my goodness. But many of us will feel more constrained to finish the amount of reading we have to finish. And so we press on through that. Can I tell you that at the moment, thank you son, at the moment that 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 scripture speaks and comes to life to you, stop right there. You've just been encountered by the spirit of truth and he's showing up in the word of truth and he's wanting a moment with you and there's a reason that has been quickened to your soul. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody here ever had that moment? Raise your hand. Okay, you know it. Stop right there. I don't care how much you say you need to read. Well, I'm only two verses in to four chapters I'm supposed to read. You stop right there, okay? So the Word of Truth and the Spirit of Truth always work in tandem. Now, what prompted me today was singing these worship songs. And I don't know that I'll get past this verse that I was not intended. I didn't intend uh, to, to... To to share, Uh, it was just wasn't on the radar until we were in worship rehearsal. Um, And by the way, I'll tell you a cool thing. Did you do you know this about God? He only has ignorance in one place that I've ever found. Some of you looking at me like you're you're being a heretic or blasphemous. Okay, I'm being tongue in cheek. But here's the ignorance we suppose. God doesn't know when you're rehearsing. He's never figured that out. He's not real smart there. Because we're standing here rehearsing worship songs, and we're going through them for the first time. And I've never been to a worship team rehearsal where it doesn't happen. I don't get to go to a lot of them anymore because uh, there's other people that are stepping into those places, and that's a wonderful thing. But I, I'm still caught off guard by the now by the, We got to the finish of this today. I'm just going to sing my way out of the valley. And then we just started to praise the name. Of Jesus. Just the presence of the Lord right there. I love it that he doesn't know when we're just rehearsing. I love it that he is still enthroned on the praises of his people, even when you're rehearsing. He still comes, and there's just something. Okay, that was free, all right? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I may not get past this right here. We'll see. I want to, because I need to go back and teach something that as I reviewed my notes, I haven't taught on in 10 years. It's been 10 years. And, and it's part of the fundamental uh, aspects. of. We have six or seven teachings that we used to have very regularly that are part of the foundation of, of, of life and, and worship here at New Hope Church. And it's one of them, and it's about the Word of God. But Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Well, you want to look at the screen and, and you want to read that with me? Okay, here we go. All Scripture... Here we, let's start with me, loud voice, loud and loudly, okay? Here we go. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Is that not wonderful? Now, how do you encounter the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, and the Word of truth? This is the Word of truth. Here's what I pray often. As a matter of fact, there was a pastor of a, of a local church that came Monday. By the way, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, Monday night prayer, we're going to have communion every Monday night through Easter because we're praying toward the cross, and we're going to come to the table of the Lord, and our prayer is going to be, I'll explain it tomorrow night, Father, we don't want to leave one crumb on the table. 1 Corinthians 11. We want all the worth and full force of the cross to be brought to bear as different churches here on Easter Sunday, that just a fresh anointing. We A precious pastor came in, and I found myself praying this verse over him but i love this it is all scripture is inspired by god profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training and righteousness i can't tell you this bible i've had four that i've used and you can see all the stuff uh, and in recent years i use the computer almost completely so i'm not i a bible used to last me about every seven years uh and then it would begin to fall to pieces. And I have all four of them uh, that, uh, that begin to fell, fall to pieces, and I'm saving them for my children and my grandchildren. They're full of notes. They're full of tears. They're full of prayers. But I can't tell you the number of times, this Bible, and you're going to laugh at me, but I've done it before. Some of you remember. You see that word, it says all word is inspired The Greek term there means God breathed. I'll never forget coming across that word. And instantly my mind jumped back to the Garden of Eden where God breathed into inanimate clay and dirt. He breathed and it became a living soul. The image that I have in my mind, you can conjure up this, I don't know what sort of palpable or tangible form or materialized in this dimension in order to breathe the breath of God into a a a living soul I I I don't know that Um, but there was clearly it said he formed it from the dirt from the clay and uh, years ago I wrote a song that says in the garden love's purpose began with a lifeless clay held in your hand what did you see and what made you breathe That your spirit became living man. To just walk in the cool of the day. You just wanted to talk face to face. The reason you made me. The price spent to save me. Leaves only one thing to say. And the chorus is Lord I must worship you. For I was created to offer all my life. A living holy sacrifice. In you I live and move and have my being. Your every breath that I breathe. Lord I must worship you lord i must worship you i was writing uh, the morning i I wrote that i was once again in picturing what may have happened and just indulge me as god took on some sort of material form to encounter I, i i don't know what it might have been but some fashion where divinity materialized in this realm bent down pressed his lips against inanimate clay and very much in an act of resuscitation that we would see or have learned about that when a person has the breath knocked out of them or they've experienced trauma and they have stopped breathing in their heart has stopped beating and the mouth-to-mouth resuscitation together with cpr uh, you know we can we can bring life back to them but here there had never been life it was nothing but dirt and the breath of god breathed and suddenly organs formed bones and sinew muscles tissue eyes and ears fingernails suddenly it became a thing that wasn't there and you say you believe that yes sir buddy i do I believe in intelligent design that blows away all of the theories uh, that people get stuck in with evolution. Uh, something may have evolved, but I believe that there's an, a creator God that started it all. And I just want to tell you, it doesn't seem to indicate from Scripture. And just get this: you may think me ignorant, but that's okay. I don't spend any time teaching or arguing about it. There's an abundant amount of resources you can go Google, and there's there two or three things in the Bible I just don't wastes of breath arguing because it's like bathing a pig you know it's just wasted time and uh, and 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 the whole discussion of evolution is this but can i tell you there's no indication in scripture that god bent over and breathed into mankind and he became uh, a living ape or monkey and said he became a living being a man and you know you can you're free to go explore all you want you say do I believe it?" I do very much believe that I believe it because Jesus made reference to the first man and woman and he pings back to that so there's your free side note but it says all scripture is inspired given by God that means God breathed I can't tell you the hundreds of times in Bibles just like this and this is one of the four where I've been studying a verse of scripture Where I've been reading, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I did that the first time, years ago. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to declare liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. The favorable year of our Lord. I love that. I love that. I love that. The declaration of the ministry of Jesus and 35 years ago, when God touched my heart and said, this will be the skeleton of ministry for the rest of your life. Learn it, know it, live it. I wanted to know the heart of God. And as I began to dig into it and see the beauty of that poetry, I can't tell you, I can remember sitting before that and saying, Father, I see that. I, there's, I don't get it. I want to know your heart. I want to understand it. And I just put my face down on it. And I said, Father... Your word says that this is inspired of you. It's the very resuscitating force of the Spirit of God written on pages. I don't want it to be static words on a page. I want when I open my mouth to one person not standing in front of hundreds or thousands, I want when I open my mouth and I share your word That there's something more than a cognitive or logical or cerebral thing that's put on the table for thought or consideration. But I want it to be as if I've come away and I've pressed my face and lips to earth and i breathed in. I can't tell you the number of times I've stood back there in the office at my desk and put my face down on it and said, Father, I want to breathe in. And now where I walk out and speak... May there be breathed out from me something from another world, something of a force of the Word of God, something not just words and clever quotes, but something of the Spirit of God that's born atop those words, that touches a person's heart, draws them to yourself, and where they're feeling like life has just knocked the breath out of them. Would you please press your lips against theirs and breathe into them and animate a hope and a future and a possibility that they did not think they had five minutes ago. That's a good place to clap your hands and shout unto God, Hallelujah! All right, I've used up all my time in preamble, but let me tell you where we're going to be going for the next several weeks, and then I want to pray for some people here today. We're going to go back to Mark four and the story of the seed and the sower, and we're going to talk about the four ways the seeds are sown. Make that your devotion this this week. Mark chapter four, just read the whole chapter because we're going to look at that and I want to really plant in your heart the power and the importance of encountering the word of God every day. Not so you can say you did it or check it off, but so that you can say, I presented myself with the occasion. Listen, if I ask you, everybody look at me. If I ask you, would you like a moment every day When God could come to you, press his lips against yours... And breathe on you like he did in John chapter 20 after the resurrection and he said he breathed on them received the Holy Spirit you see I think the same thing happens when he breathes right through the Word of God there's something of an animating renewing life-giving force that wasn't there five minutes ago that's why I read the Word of God every day not so I can say I did it not so I can brag it's an alone place with God that I know there's something sacred something secret something a moment I can have with God and I've said this before and testify. For however long ago we took a uh, before we ever came here, we took about a six-week sabbatical, and we were just exhausted from every angle of life. And we went away. I found that I did not feel like praying. Anybody ever been there? Say amen. You may not want to say it too loud. You may not feel like praying. You say, "Well, you you need you need help." I did, and I got help. I didn't feel like going to the keyboard and worshiping but for some reason i don't know what it is to this day there's been this retained place i really don't know beyond this but there is never a moment when the word of god opens that there is not this sense of awe of i'm about to get something from another world i mean there's just i don't know why and and during that time day after day after day the time spent in god's word It is so important. So I'm going to ask you this week to hang out in Mark chapter 4. Familiarize yourself with it. I'm going to try to do it all in one teaching. I don't think I can because there's a lot there. So maybe I'll get some of these other guys here to help me out uh, with that in doing this series before we get to Easter. I'm excited about Easter. I'm excited about the 50 days after coming to Pentecost. I've invited someone to speak on Pentecost Sunday that I think... Oh my goodness, I just think it's going to be a blessing to us. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about it all. I'm excited about reaching to this community next door that on the 13th of March, people began moving in there. We're having literature printed up just for them that says, we are here for you you need somebody to help you unpack your boxes or do you need somebody to watch your kids while you unpack your boxes and you move your furniture in and we have a great young man that johnny Delashmit that's reading leading that charge i'm excited to reach out god's putting a thousand people right next door to the church on property that used to be ours we prayed for it walked around it and said god bless it may it be used and sanctified for your purpose they don't know that they build apartments on holy ground they don't know the place they built. has been prayed over a thousand times. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the seed. Pat, that's been prophesied, hasn't it? That, about the seed of that that's going to bear fruit. I'm excited about reaching them. There's going to be a thousand people living there. There's 250 apartments and somewhere between 800 and 1,000 people living there. That's great. I plan on winning about 20% of them to the Lord. to New Hope Church Building a little gravel path when they're done. Right over this thing, just walk from their apartment right up the hill to the house of the Lord. I'm excited about that. You guys don't shout the preacher down this morning, all right? I want you to read Mark chapter 4. Look at the person next to you and say, every day this week. Come on, every day this week, Mark chapter 4. Now look back at them and say, I'm going to call you Tuesday and ask you if you did it on Monday. Go ahead, come on. Say, I'm going to call you on Tuesday and ask you if you did it on Monday. All right? All right, Drew, you text me on Tuesday, all right I'm gonna text, I'm gonna call you back and ask if you did it, Bill. I'm gonna text you for sure. I'm gonna chase you down, boy. And uh, listen to me. I want to ask if there's here anyone here this morning that as we as we just come to this moment of prayer and well and, uh, <clears throat> I miss Dan right about now, you know I need him there <clears throat> so I can sing a song. but um, you here this morning and you're just walking in a place of life where you feel like the adversary is about to sing your song, watch the couple little points of biblical truth that have fallen in our laps here today. That if you will sing and put the song of praise on your lips even when you don't feel like it, it's going to shut the mouth of the adversary. Number two, if you will go to the Word of the Lord. I don't mean in search of a Scripture. I just mean go to this portal between two worlds where God waits immediately on the other side, waiting to breathe through, onto, and in your life. I love what Jesus said after the resurrection in a room full of doubters when he suddenly appeared and uh, the whole thing, and Thomas would come in and, 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 and say, "Oh, I, I don't know if it's you, and he says, I want to see your scars. I want to touch your side. Jesus said, I'm down with that. Come here. I love the fact that he stepped into that room and he said, receive the Holy Spirit and he breathed on them. I'm just going to ask you, would you stand to your feet right now? Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.